couple of months ago, um, was watching, or I, I heard about this interview uh, with uh, Dr. Fauci, the uh, COVID expert, um, I guess it was maybe in the summer. So we were kind of in the, in the thick of it. Um, so he was being questioned and um, something about shaking hands came up in one of the questions. And uh, he kind of responded to it and then, you know, answered a couple of other questions about, you know, what we should and what we shouldn't be doing. And then, and then he kind of went back to the handshaking and he just kind of, he said, um, he said, I don't know, I don't think we're ever going to go back to handshaking um, once this is over and, you know, uh, vaccines are out and we're, we're past it. He just said, I just probably, very possible we just won't see people do that anymore. And anyway, there was kind of a, a reaction to that, like, come on, of course people are going to go back to shaking hands and... Um, it's funny, I was thinking like for a while, like maybe back in February, March, I kept forgetting. Like I would, I just would put my hand out to shake somebody's hand. I kept forgetting that I, that I shouldn't and then oftentimes they would kind of pull back and I'd remember or they'd, you know, do the elbow thing or the, the fist bump and, you know, you, you kind of remembered. Um, I'm not really forgetting to do that anymore. I've kind of, I think we probably all have, we just, in some respects, sadly, kind of getting used to having to just do these things differently. Um, but I think, you know, that was one little example he gave. I think Fauci was really talking about, in a broader sense, and I think it was kind of this, like, there's just some things we're never gonna go back to because of this past year. Um, lots we will, but there'll be things that we probably won't. Um, and then we've, you know, I've read a couple of articles about this, just aspects of society now that just really won't be the same again. You know, work, just possibilities now at, with work. You know, you, for, for many, not all, but for many, like you don't have to go Monday to Friday and be there physically. Like you can be really productive from a distance thank, thanks to technology. They um, were talking about this article I was reading. It was, it was talked about like just like uh, video services that will now be provided. Again, like things that we always thought, I have to be in the room with the person in order to receive whatever it is they got to offer me. And now it's like, not necessarily. Counseling, like therapy. So say you, say you see a therapist once a month and, uh, well, for the last eight or nine months, you've been meeting with the person, you know, Zooming with them. It's like, this works. Like, you know, do you have to, do you have to kind of do all of these things the way we did them? Um, travel, business travel. I mean, I got a couple of friends of mine who said to me, guys who work, they were constantly on the road or in the air flying because of work. And they were like, man, like, there's no way we're going back to that, or at least not nearly to the degree that we did. Like, now you can, you can be equally productive from a distance. Um, and it's not just COVID stuff. Uh, just thinking about this idea of things not going back, something happening, and because of that something, like things were never quite the same. Think of like 9/11 and travel. Getting on a plane since 9/11, like it's. Think about what, you know what we have to do. It's been so long now. We're, we're kind of almost used to it, but you got to be there, you know, hours in advance. And, 
taking off your shoes and your belts and walking through these machines. Just the level of security that just was so much less before 9-11. Somebody told me that you could get on a, before 9-11, you could get on, on a plane with a baseball bat. Like, you could carry on a baseball bat. Like, that's unimaginable, obviously, today. Like, we'll never go back to baseball bats in the cabin. Um, I mean, think of, think of your life. Look back on your life maybe for a minute. Think of, like, chapters or events, significant events that maybe created chapters in your life, which changed your life. Like, you never, because of this event, I never did go back to the way it was. I mean, it doesn't mean, like, my whole life changed a, a, a 180, but my life was different. You know, talk to people who, have, who lost, whose uh, parent, a mother or father died when they were a kid, like a kid who loses a parent, and how it's like a defining moment in their life. Like 10 years old and your mom or your dad died and it's just things were never the same. And then, does it mean you didn't, you didn't survive it? No, you survived it. But things were different forever after that. Um, well, go to the other end of it. Maybe like a married couple who's together for 50 whatever years and now one of them's gone. It's like their life isn't over but it's they can't go back. Like, it won't be the same. And it's not all sad stuff. It doesn't have to be just sad stuff. I'm thinking, I got two friends of mine who recently, um, they recently became fathers for the first time. They're younger. They're way younger than me. They're like not even 30. And within about two months of each other, they each had babies. And to hear them talk, it's like, it's never the same, like after you have a kid. Like, it'll, you'll never go back. Doesn't mean your life stands still, like in a new way. I mean, it continues to evolve, but like you will never not be a parent again. And things are never the same. I mean, we hear that concept, those words in this gospel. We know this story, I mean, we've known this story forever. It's part of the Christmas story, the epiphany, and these wise men, they're looking. They're looking for God. They're searching for truth and for light in their lives. And they find them. And they present them with these gifts. And then they leave. They go back home. But it's interesting how the way the description is. It says they departed for their country by another way. Like they went home, but not the same way. I think probably for a couple of reasons. One was practical, and it said it in the gospel. Herod was like, stay away from Herod. Herod's trouble. He's dangerous. So if Herod's there, I'm going this way. Like, don't go near Herod. Go home a different way. That was part of it. But I think there's another reason, and I think a larger reason, a more fundamental reason. They went home a different way because they were now different. 
because they met Jesus. Here's the point, like I think when we really encounter Jesus, we're never the same. There is really no turning back. There's certainly no going back the same way because we're not the same. If we were willing, we are willing to get close enough. Like, let's go with the image of, well, this story and these kings and this holy family and the stable. Like, how far into the stable are we willing to go? How close, how, how close are we, or how willing are we to get very close to him? Or do we stay across the street from the stable? We kind of check it out from a distance. We're curious. Maybe we even want to know him, but we don't want him to have to change our life, our perspective, our values, our dreams. If I get too close to him, he's probably gonna change my heart and I'm not so sure I'm up for that kind of change. But when you get close, I mean, we all know people who I think probably like practicing Catholics their whole life, but they never really get that close. Hey, we're all guilty of this. But I'm thinking of certain people who just their faith, they're, they're 65 years old, and their f- faith today is pretty much the same as it was when they were 25 years old, which wasn't different than it was when they were five years old. Like, they've always believed, they've always kind of said their prayers, but again, it from kind of a safe distance. They really won't go all the way into the stable, because if you do, you're going to go home a different way. I think of people who have not come back to church during this time. You know, when the church is reopened. Like, I still run into people sometimes in town who were absolutely were regulars pre-COVID. And now I bumped into them and they'll say something like, so are you guys open now? I'm like, come on, are we open? Of course, we've been open for months. What do you think we've been, like on vacation? like. They're on vacation. And you know what, I, I, I think it's sort of like, is it that, is that person the one who's like, I'm not gonna go into all the way into the stable. I want God on my terms. When's the last time you went from, you went home a different way and I don't mean like I took East Walnut instead of Park Avenue. <laughs> like, I mean, when's the last time, like, Jesus, like, stopped me, challenged me to, like, rethink something or say something a different way or apologize? When's the last time the gospel, like, I heard something in the gospel, I was like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta stop what I'm doing or I gotta start doing something that I haven't been. Well, maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's the example of just a great Christian. Somebody you meet and you're like, man, I just, they got it so together. Like, I, I really do wanna be like them. Just the way they seem to live their lives, like they, they've kind of figured it out. 
It's because they went all the way, I think, because they went all the way into the stable. They got close. So when they go home, they never go home the same way. And I was watching this or listening to this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Catholic podcast it was interesting. It was this guy, the guest was a uh, Catholic writer and he was a, you know, like a speaker, public speaker, and a uh, young guy. He was about 30. And he talked about his faith. But he had, in this interview, he said how he had just come a day or two before from a funeral. And it was from a, for the funeral of a good friend of his who died of a drug overdose. And, uh, you know, he said an accidental drug overdose, and then he kind of said, well, you know, we're not totally sure. You know, we don't really know. They knew he was battling drugs. That was no surprise. And he started to talk about this friend who he met when they were in college. They were college freshmen. And then he talked about this def very defining event their sophomore year. They were victims of a school shooting. They were in the classroom on their campus. Guy comes in with a gun and kills, well, kills a couple of people. Killed their mutual friend who was also in the room. And uh, he said they never recovered from it. Um, these two guys, uh, they both left school and went through this very tough period of sort of crisis and they were lost. Kind of their, their goals and their, their plans sort of went on hold and, and he started talking about, you know, he started, they both started using drugs kind of to escape the pain and the memories of the event and the fact that their own lives had kind of been derailed and then he said that he talked about this guy, about his family, which was very much a f f church family. And he said he hadn't been to church since high school, effectively. And, but he said he started to come back, thanks to the people in his life. A priest that he got to know, books that he started to read. And he said he realized, like, that's what was missing in his life. And when he found God, it kind of redirected, got him back on track. And he said his friend, he never found that. He just found drugs. And he said, like, you know, Jesus saved my life. And drugs took his. And he was, like, very humble about it. He says, I, was, I, said, I just came from a, a family of faithful people. And they, they knew where to turn me and direct me. And he said, this guy didn't have that. So he didn't go that direction. But he kind of des described themselves like these two guys that were both kind of stumbling and stumbling in the dark, kind of searching. You know, but he found the light and this poor guy didn't. You know, these wise men... It's interesting, like the, the three wise men, like we don't even know that there were three. Like it doesn't say in the gospel that there were three of them. It just says that there were these three gifts that, that were given. So we presume, yeah, each guy gave a gift. We don't really, we, we don't really know who they were. Along the way, like these legends were kind of born. Somebody gave them names. It's not in scripture. Some people call them kings. 
Some people say they were astrologers. We kind of know they must have had money because they had these gifts to give. They were important. They were important people. But I love the fact that we call them the wise men for this simple reason. I think they were wise for this reason. These guys kind of had it, seemingly had it all. They were, if they were kings, they had power. We know they had money. They were educated, they were smart. Like they kind of had it all. The things that, you look at a person who's got it all together, we look at them and like, man, they, they got it all. The things that we all kind of go after, good things. But in their wisdom, these three guys, if it's three of them, were like, as much as we've got, what we need, we haven't got, and that's God in our lives. They hadn't found that yet. So, you know the, the great U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for? They hadn't found what they were looking for until this gospel. They went on this search, and they discovered what was missing in their lives, and they went home a different way because they were different. How has Jesus made you different? When's the last time he sent you home a different way? 